Hello, and welcome to Seattle on Tap. I'm Courtney Jacobson. And I am Ashley Toten. And we are two lady bartenders drinking some beer and telling some stories. Whether you like it or not, we hope you like it, though. (laughs) You like it. You like it. (laughs) How are you today? I am doing pretty well. We're still living that quarantine life. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I feel like we're going to be saying that for a while. Oh, man. I know. And I'm real sorry, you guys, because the sound quality is not quite as awesome hmm. as it would otherwise be. But I feel like it's okay. I, you know, yeah. I've, I've listened. We're doing okay. I think it's okay. Yeah. We'll just keep um, telling ourselves that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I will say that I think you and I are just getting progressively more weird as this goes on but <laughs> okay we're not getting more weird we're just showing well we're getting more relaxed and showing our true weird <laughs> with all of you and you're welcome mm, yeah. <laughs> all right what are you drinking today um I'm not giving too much away on my story, but I am doing a story about a doomsday cult uh, from Quebec. So mm. today, naturally, I'm drinking Le Fin du Monde, nice. uh, which is a Belgian-style triple uh, that is bo- a bottle-conditioned golden ale. Um, it is produced by Unibrew, and it was released in July of 1994. Ooh. Um, I'm holding it up so you can see via the Skype camera, but I don't know if you can even really tell. Ooh, yeah. Um, but it's a kind of cloudy, blonde-colored beer. Yeah. Um, it's a little Verging less on amber, but not quite. Yeah. It's pretty, mm-hmm. like, grassy, orangey color. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little less bitter than most triples I've had, like uh, West Mall or Chimay. But it is a little more spicy. Uh, it, ha- it features coriander and orange peel. So it's got some nice spicy notes. Hmm. Um, I unfortunately bought a 750 good. milliliter bottle of it, which I am yeah, cruising through very easily. <laughs> and it is a 9% beer. So we'll see how. So, we'll so you're going feel. first today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Woo! <laughs> and what are you drinking today? I am still drinking hazy IPAs because I'm sorry I'm obsessed. Mm-hmm. Promise next week I will be drinking something else. But <laughs> I am drinking the newest Head Full of Dynamite Hazy IPA from Fremont Brewing. It is version 18, I want to say, in their series that they continually do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, I think this is probably one of their best ones they've done. My husband will disagree. He likes some of their <laughs> earlier series. Um, but Hey, we're all individuals and we have different tastes. Um, it's true. This one is actually really similar to their, um, Sky Kraken. That they that Ooh, Fremont, which is delicious. Yeah, yeah, it's and that is for sure one of my favorite beers. Are they? I can't. The camera situation oh. is fucking this up. We're usually together, so I can't right. see the color. Is it yeah. that straw yellow color? Like it's the... totally yeah, yeah, yeah. That sunshiny cloud, perfectly cloudy, oh, yeah, yeah. but not gross looking cloudy. Um, bright yellowy 
for sure straw yellowy that's a good beer yeah and it's sniff test i'm wearing too much lotion like weird it smells like vanilla and coconut oh that's that's my hand sorry <laughs> coconut hand courtney that's yeah. your i love the smell of coconut i'm so basic <laughs> um not a super strong oh um like tropical odor or anything but it's also kind of a crisp clean uh just crisp clean kind of floral notes okay not like juice bomb fruity right because some of the hazy stuff i'm mm-hmm. like sometimes detoured because i'll look at it and be like man if i wanted a glass of orange juice i would have just got orange juice yeah <laughs> you know? but also However, sometimes some that's why i'm like, gonna buy delicious. it <laughs> totally same <laughs> I so you just mentioned speaking of beer, mm-hmm. we have been kind of in a rut of drinking very like similar styles of beer. A delicious lately. rut. But here's the thing: we <laughs> like all of the beer. We do. I like. I think I like sours more than you do. Yeah, I I love a sour, but I can probably only drink one, and then yeah. I have to move on to probably a hazy IPA. <laughs> but we both do like all of the beer Mm -hmm. and we in future shows will be drinking more variety this just happens to be what we've either a been in the mood for right or secondly what we've had available during quarantine (laughs) i will do a mini side note i am i am the type of person that when it comes to food and beverage i have a bit of an obsessive thing where like for example mushrooms I suddenly crave mushrooms and then for like a year that's all I want I will order a thing on a menu because it has lots of mushrooms in it and so I tend to get in ruts but I enjoy them the entire time yeah me too (laughs) I actually this is a really weird one Mm -hmm. um I so I think almost everybody on the entire planet loves Mm -hmm. pizza including Mm -hmm. myself yeah but a couple years ago I think it was about two years ago I pizza never sounded good to me. Weird. I like didn't I know I'd be like, what's an easy dinner thing I could get? And somebody'd be like, pizza, and I'd be like, ugh. Like I just like did not want it for a while. It was really weird. We were definitely um, not friends then. Because <laughs> <laughs> you disowned me temporarily. Jesus. I mean, no. <laughs> I just maybe I just didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I straight up for at least a year didn't eat pizza. It was very Ew. weird. But then one day I'm like, wait, why don't I eat pizza? What's going on? And I, I just didn't want it. My body goes through weird phases like that. Yeah, yeah, same. And then all yeah, of I'm sudden, also you're a like, person that's that, all I want. <laughs> I'm also a food prepping person, so like, mm. I generally end up eating the same thing. Like, especially when I'm actually getting to work, like I'll make enough of something to eat every single day at work. Uh-huh. But then by the end of the week, I'm like, for example, I made like a quinoa salad one week and I, oh. by the end of my work week was like, <laughs> yeah, if I have to eat quinoa one more day, I'm <laughs> going to start slapping everybody around me. I remember like, I just cannot week. fucking do this anymore. <laughs> I remember talking to you and you're like, what should I eat that's not quinoa? <laughs> if I eat quinoa one more time, there will be murder. Like, I, it was not cool. <laughs> I was not happy. Oh, what would the headline be on that? Fuck. <laughs> Lady murders over 
not wanting quinoa. Oh, God. <laughs> Anywho, this nope. is not a food podcast. Nope. But this is what you guys have to get used to. The two of us talking. We also normally, this is TMI, I mm-hmm. guess, but should we, we go. meet twice a week in person? Yeah. To work on all of this stuff and record and whatever. And we have not been able to see each other in the flesh at all. Oh, my gosh. This is second week, right? Yeah. Um, So normally we meet up and, like, have a pre-funk beer Uh and bullshit for a while. So now you're getting all of it at once, guys. Yeah, because how else are we going to get this out? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe after the quarantine, things will be normal again. We'll we'll tone it down a little. (laughs) Maybe not, though. Probably You never know. We're getting pretty comfortable with you guys. (laughs) True. <laughs> oh, all right. You want to tell me a- you're going first today? Okay. Yeah. Tell me a story. Yeah. We seem to always kind of, well, I always lose track, but I for reals don't even know who's supposed to go next. But I think last week you went last first, week so. I did go first, but before that, I don't remember. Okay. I don't either. I'm really <laughs> bad about that. Um, so last week, um, my episode was super tongue-in-cheek on purpose this has been very heavy and hard Mm. i am sad to say that i am resorting back to my old (laughs) ways (laughs) and this is not a lighthearted story so if you are really sensitive to murder murder but uh (laughs) also like gore because there's going to be some gory descriptions happening and some really graphic abuse that happens if you are very sensitive i'm glad i do not turn the podcast off (laughs) if you're that sensitive or put on some headphones yes or just be warned yeah if you have small kids around which Courtney, you have a small child yeah i moved to the bedroom i'm good Yeah, yeah yeah we have to yeah i would maybe not let your kids listen to this just fyi but okay Let's jump right into it. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to grab my beer. <laughs> okay. Should I wait for you? No, you're good. I got okay. it. <laughs> but it wasn't far away. I'm never right. too far. <laughs> so, this is the story of the Ant Hill Kids. And they were a <gasps> doomsday cult oh. from Quebec. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Tell me. Uh, I love this. So, Rock Terrio was born on May 16th, 1947, in Saguenay, Quebec. Um, Terrio was considered a very intelligent child, but dropped out of school at a really young age. He was in the seventh grade. Um, and he began Ugh. teaching himself. Oh, dang, me. that was glorious. <laughs> it had some length. And you know what? Amen. Because I was about to say that he started <laughs> teaching himself the Old Testament of the Bible. <laughs> I have a reflex. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So he believed that the end of the world was very near. Hashtag LeFindumon. I'm holding Mm. up my beer at Courtney. You can't see it, Mm. but you know. Um, uh, And also that the world would be brought to a war between good and evil. Uh, He converted from Catholicism to the Seventh-day Adventist Church and started practicing their holistic beliefs, which included a healthy (sighs) lifestyle eating-wise and also no tobacco use. Um, So before (laughs) he got kicked out of the Seventh-day Adventists, Terrio 
had acquired quite the following uh, by doing organized like detox seminars for people trying to quit smoking or drinking. Again, finding people, this is a cult thing. I mean, yeah. TMI again. I think we may have mentioned this previously. Yeah. You have some experience personally in cult life. Yeah. I won't get too much into that today, but as you know, they prey upon generally people at their weakest moments in Mm -hmm. life and they manipulate them into following them and guiding them to do not great shit, to be honest. But yeah. Anywho, he was finding people in that sort of a state. When you're trying to quit smoking or quit drinking, generally you're in a desperate moment in life. So he was definitely preying upon that. So in the mid 70s, uh, 1970s, what other fucking 70s would it be? I don't know why I said that. Uh, (laughs) Not the 1870s. Definitely not that. Um, Which I mean, we've talked about. Uh, so he charmed a group of these people, um, that he had been doing these seminars for into quitting their jobs and leaving their families and moving with him out into the wilderness, which again, don't goddamn move out into the wilderness with crazy people. Definitely. God damn it. (laughs) So Terrio formed the cults officially as of 1977 in Quebec. The goal uh, was to form a commune where people could freely listen to his motivational speeches uh, and live in unity and equality and be free of sin. That's an exact quote. Um, Rolling eyes commences. For reals. <laughs> so he forbade this group from ever remaining in contact with their families or the Seventh-day Adventist church, which is where how he met most of these people. He claimed this was against the cult's values of freedom, which it's uh, you're joining my cult to be free, but I'm not allowing you to be free. Like that is first red flag number one. Right. 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 So, or seven. Or seven, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so Terrio's fear of the end of the world kept growing. Um, and he claimed that God had warned him that it would come as of February of 1979. And so he decided to use the commune to prepare for this end of the world. It's always an end of the world thing. Uh, oh, it always is. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I was in 1978, little. to prepare for the end, mm-hmm. he moved his commune by hiking down a mountainside that he called Eternal Mountain. And so <laughs> this is a word, first of all, to, in the region and location. I have been doing some research and I've had some friends trying to help me via Mm -hmm. quarantine to pronounce this. I believe the correct pronunciation is St. Jugue, but I do not speak French. Jugue. With a G. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jugue. Okay. Um, But it is in the sparsely populated region of the Gas Peninsula where he claimed that all of them would be saved. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like they do. Terrio made the commune build their own town while he watched and relaxed. (laughs) He compared them to ants working on an anthill. And because of how hard he made them work, he decided that he was going to call this commune the anthill kids. Mm -hmm. And when I say that he made these people work insanely hard, I literally, he literally forced them to break their own legs with sledgehammers if they refused to work. Yeah. Yeah. 
So th- it's that sort of a situation. Also, precursor shit's gonna get worse. Yeah, I was gonna say. So gets, if you're I already getting antsy and you're a pansy, bit of this, like, yeah. Fucking- don't listen anymore. Oh. I also just said antsy in your pantsy, but let's move on. Uh, <laughs> thank you. So not surprisingly, he failed to predict the end of the world like they always goddamn do. I mean, yeah, we're still Which, here. <laughs> again, was supposed to happen February of 1979. And when people started questioning Terrio's wisdom, he defended himself in saying that hit the time on Earth, and God's time were not parallel, and therefore oh. this was a, a miscalculation. Right. Right. You know, because <laughs> him and God, they're like this. You can't see me, <laughs> listeners, but I just gave her the, the, the crossed fingers, crossed fingers situation via camera. <laughs> uh, so both to expand and maintain the community, Terrio decided that he was going to marry, and not only marry, but impregnate all of the women in the cult. Well, you All can't leave anybody out. That wouldn't be fair. He ended up fathering 20 children with nine female members of the group. Oh, and by 1980, God. their group was of 40 people. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Yeah. And also just, you know, Courtney's face right now is a whole <laughs> lot of like, oh my God. <laughs> She's doing a really good job of controlling her emotions <laughs> via vocal. <laughs> Because she looks stressed out over there. Well, it just... <laughs> People stress me out sometimes. <laughs> I, yeah, especially fucking crazy ass. It's the cults. They just and, uh... get me. They just... I mean... Ah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I shall continue. Enough okay. of my bullshit. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, so the followers were all made to wear identical tunics... And yeah. <laughs> that and the point of this supposedly was to represent equality and their devotion to the commune. Uh, in and losing their self-identity, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in 1984, the group relocated from Quebec to a new site near Burnt River, Ontario, a small village in central Ontario, now part of the Kawartha Lakes mm. uh, area. It's not Kawartha, you know, it's yeah. a region. Um, once the cult was formed, Terrio began drinking heavily. Ironically, he was rescuing drunks and now he's a heavy drinker and he became less of a motivational leader and became more of a totalitarian dictator over the lives of his followers. Very much. He demanded absolute loyalty and punished uh, all of those who defied him or doubted him. Members of the cult were not allowed to speak to each other when he was was not around or have sex with each other unless he gave them permission to do that. Which he which probably never did. So fucking crazy. Um, he manipulated the followers that he was not abusing. And all of those people never, ever, ever judged or questioned or blamed any physical, mental, emotional harm or damage done by him at that time. They were so brainwashed by him. That they never questioned him. Well, yeah, they were in so deep. And at this point, it's like partially I can't admit that I was wrong because then everything I did was this ginormous mistake. And maybe if I keep going... It, well, the, the other sad scary part yeah. is they've had to cut off their whole life. So there yeah. is nobody they feel like they, so they can reach out to. No one else. If they yeah. leave this, what do they have? Yeah. So sad. Isn't this the one where he made them give up all their possessions? Well, I think the one. Many of them. <laughs> Didn't he? 
didn't he make them give up all their possessions too towards the greater good of the yeah commune? they had no- nothing they had yeah nothing. yeah oh but it gets so much better so slash worse. worse okay oh god okay so all the ones he was not abusing never questioned him as i said mm-hmm. Um, but his behavior started becoming more erratic and more dangerous in this time also. Mm. Uh, he started inflicting punishments on followers uh, that he would he would just randomly accuse people of straying or believing that they were spying. And he yeah. would tell them as he would, like, hurt them and tell them, God told me what you did. And then just go fucking crazy. So some of his punishments became so violent. Again, he made people break their own legs with sledgehammers. He would make people sit on lit stoves, Ooh. shoot each other, eat dead mice and their feces, their own feces. <gasps> if a person expressed or tried to leave the commune, Terrio would hit them with either a belt or a, ha- or a hammer. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. God. Suspend them from the ceiling, pluck all of their body hairs out individually, oh. and then then and or defecate on them cool which is like oh you're a legit psychopath cool that's shitty. wow sorry i had to i had to <laughs> i mean fuck um he was also n- known sometimes to ask other followers to cut the toes or fingers of other followers off with wire cutters to prove their loyalty oh, to him I forgot about that part oh my god i mean damn i mean oh okay this story, I, I, so yeah. this story, when I was putting it together, there were mm-hmm. a couple times that I had to take a break because I started to physically feel like knots in my stomach. Like I was just going to be ill because yeah. I was so upset. Oh, fuck. Again, I'm warning you, if you can't yeah. handle this shit, don't listen anymore. Get away. <laughs> or pause it or skip forward or whatever. Fast forward until you just hear me talking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyhow, the abuse sadly was not just limited to the adults of the group Mm. uh the cult's children were sexually abused i'm not going to go into a shit ton of detail about that yeah that child abuse shit really yeah we can't no i mean abuse of anybody but i'm like fuck i can't do it nothing but some of the not as graphic things that are still obviously graphic Mm -hmm. um a couple of the abuses extended towards children aside from sexual abuse was they were held over fires and nailed to trees and other children were allowed to throw rocks at them once they were nailed to the trees like what the fuck i just it was fucking terrible reading some of the shit i read i was like i'm traumatized forever um oh my god yes and as an aunt like you are and as a parent slash aunt like i am you imagine your oh my god little ones in your life it makes me sick. It's just no. it's horrible. Oh my god. Okay. So one of Terrio's wives, um, to <clears throat> have her baby escape this abuse. So this woman's name also is gonna come up later. Mm-hmm. Um, but her newborn child, um, Ellen Neeser Lavallee, I believe is how you say her last name. She put her newborn infant outside in freezing temperatures and it died, unfortunately, because she was so scared that he was going to torture her child. Yeah. I mean, Um, it's like, I would rather my kid freeze to death than go through the shit. Like that was the mindset. Yeah, of course. You're like, okay, well, if you freeze to death, you go through a period of euphoria and at least Ugh. then you die somewhat feeling okay versus having, having to even rationalize this, like, that in yeah. your brain though is so 
Ugh. It's terrible. I can't imagine having to I, be yeah, in the, and and this poor woman. She's comes up a few times in this. Mm-hmm. Um, this woman, I don't know how she is not having to live in an asylum now from mm-hmm. some of the shit she put up with. But she probably was a very good therapist. Oh fuck! I hope so, and I hope that shit's for free too. Because dang, right? Fuck. I mean, they're Canadians, so probably. Yeah, but so probably. they have way better uh... shit up there. <laughs> Let's Help move us, to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Getting back to this nasty shit. Sorry. All right. I keep interrupting. <laughs> so in the middle of kind of once shit started to get really real, Terrio decided he was going to try to backpack, backpack, backtrack <laughs> to his original religious mission of the commune which was purifying his followers. Mm. So he decided the best way to implement this was to strip them all nude and whip them and beat them mercilessly. <laughs> well, that's I mean, how else are you going to purify somebody? You got to beat it out. Oh my I God. It's fucking terrible. Extreme uh, eye rolling again. <laughs> and so he also, we already know he was a crazy person, but mm-hmm. he claimed to be a holy being and to prove his mighty powers he decided he was going to start performing surgical operations on sick members. And by the way, mm-hmm. not a surgeon, never a medical doctor, never finished seventh grade. Oh, FYI. Oh my God. It's going to get real. So <laughs> oh these God. surgeries included, but were not limited to him injecting a solution of 94% ethanol into stomachs. Or deciding he was going to perform his own circumcisions on children and adults in the group. Oh. Because that would cure them, you know. Wow. Uh, Oh, it gets so much worse, and I'm so sorry. One positive thing that kind of (laughs) out of sequence. You didn't do it. Well, one sort of positive thing-ish. I kind of threw in uh, in the middle because I just needed it to be over was... In 1987, social workers did remove 17 of the children from the commune. However, he never, ever faced any repercussions for his acts. The fuck? But, yeah, but the kids were removed from the cult, which I was a little bit like, well, I mean, fuck, okay, I can breathe a little after I read that. And I was like, I feel like I need to throw that in here. Yeah, yeah, Um, true. So now it's going to get really bad. I'm no. just <laughs> Yeah, no. it's going to get really bad. <laughs> now you're saying so, that? Fuck. Yes. <laughs> So in 1989, uh, when one of the followers named Solange Boillard, she complained of having a stomach ache, Terrio made her get completely naked and lay on a table and then with no anesthesia, punched her in the stomach and jammed a plastic tube up her rectum to perform a crude enema of molasses and olive oil. He then cut her abdomen open with his bare hands and ripped off part of her intestine with his bare hands and then made the other female members. One was the mom of the infant, Gabrielle Mm, Lavallee. She made her, made her stitch this girl up with a needle and thread and then had all the other women in the group. So again, these women are being like made to do this. I don't, I didn't get any inkling that these women were like yeah murder right they shoved a tube down her throat and blew which is all i'm going to say because her (gasps) shit was all fucked up did she die so she (sighs) did die of her injuries yeah uh however i really wish it had stopped there but it did not (gasps) 
claiming to have the power of resurrection because oh he was a holy being, Terio bore a, he- a hole in her skull with a drill and had all of the male members of the cult along with himself ejaculate into the cavity that created. Oh my God. Naturally, she did not wake up because he's a mutilating right. murderer and not a fucking holy being. Like the thought process that Ugh, he had I to go through to get to that point. I, I can't I, even imagine. I cannot even. And the, the men in, that had to take part in this, I don't know what their mindset was like. I would right. assume they were being forced to do this, but I like, can't. Why you were doing it I in the be, brain? I I can't even. It's I actually just don't even think the most. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. It's like, the this most story is insane. So terrible. <laughs> oh my god! But as we all already knew what happened, <clears throat> she did not come back to life. Right. And so they ended up burying her not far from the commune, mm-hmm. out kind of in the woods. Um, and speaking of Gabrielle Lavallee, mm. she herself underwent some really, really harsh treatment at the Ontario Commune during the wow. late 1980s. Um, she suffered welding torch burns to her genitals. Oh. Um, she had a hypodermic needle break off in her back. Oh. Um, she even had eight of her teeth forcibly removed. <gasps> yeah. She attempted to escape from the commune after uh, Terrio cut off parts of one of her breasts and hit her over the head with the blunt side of an axe during this. Um, but upon her return, she didn't get very far. Um, he removed one of her fingers with wire cutters and then pinned her hand to a wooden table with a hunting knife and then used a chainsaw to amputate her arm. Wow. This dude, like, fuck this guy. And it, thankfully... How is there not a movie about this? I don't know, but I will say... Just so that people aren't so fucking sad. He does get his in the end. Oh, thank you. So, moving right along, because this is still not going to be great for you. In 1989, Rock Terrio was finally fucking arrested for the assault of Gabrielle Lavallee because she successfully fled the commune, contacted authorities, and effectively dissolved the Ant Hill kids. Mm. The provincial authorities had been suspicious of the cult due to the like primitive living conditions that they had. Yeah. Um, and had been kind of trying to keep an eye on them. Um, but because it was officially registered as a church again, what the fuck? <laughs> they were not legally able to investigate the adults, but they could go send people in for the welfare of the children, which is what they did. Right. They did everything. The authorities technically did everything they could, but why churches are not held accountable. Like if it was a business. Yeah. There's a whole like prosecuting people based on their beliefs thing. But when they are mutilating human beings, it's like, God sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And I know it's really much. Yeah. It's a sensitive subject, but fuck like it's, this could have been ended so much sooner, but yeah, it's one of those, like, where do you draw the line? So that I draw it at mutilation. I, I mean, I fully agree. <laughs> you know, totes agree. <laughs> oh, I need to wet my whistle. Hold on. Yeah, you here. do. Ooh, I'm so glad you freaking said that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so Terrio was naturally he was found guilty of assault. Mm-hmm. Assault. That assault. makes me want to cry. Yeah. Assault 
of the amputation of Gabriel's arm. Mm. Uh, and he received 12 years imprisonment, which is actually pretty good for an assault charge. Um, Jesus. I mean, Canada, I feel like somehow their laws might be more like appropriate than ours or their punishments. But yeah. anyhow, um, in 1993, Terrio pleaded guilty uh, to second degree murder of Solange Boyard after uh, Gabrielle started to, when, she went to the authorities. She started explaining like all the mutilations and mm-hmm. tortures and the abuse of specific th- people and babies and whatever. And they were able to uh, prosecute him specifically for what a badass. Like, where I, is she today? I hope she has this, all the comforts of all the world. So I don't know how she's doing now, but one thing I had to watch a lot. Like, I watched a lot of interviews mm-hmm. of things happened during this time including her she's on some they're all in french which i don't speak french i understand a little bit of french but i was able to pick apart mm-hmm. her telling her personal stories it's that woman is like made of she stone. gets all like, the i don't things. i'm like dang wow oh it's fucking terrible but wow. anyway he was given a life sentence mm-hmm. for the murder that i previously described um, in 2000, he was transferred uh, to the Dorchester Penitentiary. Um, it's a medium security prison in New <laughs> Brunswick. Um, in 2002, he was rejected parole. Uh, Good. And was told he was too high of a risk to reoffend, which I was like, thank Fuck God. God. You Fuck. a sociopath, brah. <laughs> Jesus. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then in 2009, he was back in the news because he was trying to sell his artwork on a United States based website, murderauction.com, which I don't Why is that website. a thing? I know. And I don't like, I know people like Markov shit. I like weird things. I have yeah. like skulls and I'm a goth kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, I do not want to own the art of a serial killer. No, I'm sorry. That's some bad juju. Not, you do not need that in your it. home. No, I'm good. Mm-mm. Anyway, I'm not going to yeah. shit on this website, but yeah. Uh, it got shut down. Uh, the CSC, the, the Correctional Service of Canada, mm-hmm. was like, uh, no. And they put <laughs> a stop to any art coming out of their prison. They were like, he can paint all he wants, but that shit's not coming out of the prison. Good. Period. The end. Which I was very happy to hear. Man. Um, oh, Canada. They were, yeah, they were also contacted. I can't remember what his <clears throat> position was specifically, but some political figure contacted the prison also with concerns like, this man does not get to profit while in prison yeah. on his art. And they were like, no, no, no. no. So I can't think of who, I can't remember who that was specifically, but yeah, this man was like, <laughs> no, no, not going to happen. All right. So here's the quote unquote happy end, I guess. All death is bad, but on February 26, 2011, Terrio, who is now 63 years old, was found dead near his cell at the penitentiary. <laughs> Uh, it's believed his death mm. was the result of an altercation with a cellmate named Matthew Gerriard McDonald. McDonald hmm. was a 60-year-old convicted murderer who was already, at the time, serving a life sentence. I mean... And he was charged with the murder of Terry Ho. Oh, and it gets so much better. Okay, cool. <laughs> he pleaded guilty to yeah. the second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison, which he was already doing. Right. McDonald's had stabbed... McDonald's? McDonald had stabbed <laughs> Terry Ho in the neck with a shiv. Noise. Walked to the guard station, handed them the weapon, and then said, 
that piece of shit's down on the range. Here's the knife. I've sliced him up. Nice. <laughs> and that is how that son of a bitch life ended. And oh, yeah, I'm glad yes. there were survivors. Sadly, there were some cult members that were so brainwashed mm-hmm. even after he went to prison. They maintained his practices i don't know what exactly that means i'm hoping that they just were like we're gonna weird you know wear weird you know gun sacks and dance around in the forest or whatever be vegetarian and or whatever and not smoke yeah the seven day adventist part (laughs) i'm hoping that part and not all the other shit but there were some people that he also fathered like nine more kids in prison by the way how the hell some of the women that still oh right yeah him, that still were i oh. it just bums me out so much but anyway that's the end of my story i'm hoping your story is not as heavy as mine i'm so sorry if i traumatized oh people. My gosh. <laughs> yeah i remember honestly i remember reading a tiny bit about this on a few different occasions just because of my own obsession of cults and well and it would have been in the news too you're four years older than me yeah give or yeah. take like four and a half, I would have yeah. been 1980 I would have been like a young kid when this was in the news so mm-hmm. it makes sense you would have been a little older than me and probably better at understanding some of the shit going on yeah too I don't but. I think because of my attachment to religion and my family and everything I probably was shielded from this stuff but mm-hmm. <clears throat> as I got older and my interest slash obsession of true crime and weird things in life I learned about it and was like wow like the whole end of days thing because my attachment to cult slash religion was an end of days kind of thing and uh ours i anyway um sorry i didn't mean to like throw that in like no 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 no, it's holy it's it's valid throw it in anytime and one of these days i will i will do a story on that and how it pertains to my life but um which is kind of comical because i honestly didn't even realize that it was a cult until not terribly long ago four (laughs) three years ago so I mean I was on the safer end of things I I have somewhat low whatever from it um but I remember this one specifically because of the whole end of days stuff and how I was like man that's so much crazier than the end of days bullshit that I went through yeah and and yeah, I just remember some of these things, but I also would always have to kind of detach and be like, mm, too much walking away. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I'm not going to lie. Writing this, I had a couple times be like, I can't sit here and read about yeah. this horrible, like, I mean, reading that level of gore, yeah, you're yeah. just like, oh God. And like some of the mutilation and torture and I, oh, it's sometimes it's too much. I mean, having said that, you and I both love true crime. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we both are also my favorite murder listeners. Yeah. And they say a lot. Yeah. Like part of the reason I love true crime is because it teaches, I feel like it teaches me ways to keep myself safe. Yeah. And makes me feel more comfortable being socially aware of other people too. Like if I feel like you're in a position where you're being abused or hurt, that I feel more comfortable reaching out or knowing what to do to help you. Um, For sure. That's why we like it. We're not like, 
I mean, I'm a horror movie fan, Mm -hmm. but even like my own partner knows I don't like, uh, movies for the sake of mutilation and gore no if it's not like a scary movie and it's just gross i don't want to i'm not interested yeah i like the the more (laughs) mental weird twist to things yeah if things happen to be a gory movie fine yeah but not just gore for the sake of gore no i'm not into it gross well great job because (laughs) we got to it (laughs) Good job fucking it up, Ashley. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it was it was actually no. I okay. <laughs> I appreciated the in depth. I got through it. Good. I had a beer to help me through. It was kind of long too. I'm sorry. I'm like, let me just keep making this worse and worse and worse for everybody. I, I interrupted you a lot though. <laughs> oh, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. Um, my this may just be a super long episode and whatever. That's fine. Um, they like it. It's okay. But it's a big just... bottle of beer with the new mont. Yeah. <laughs> I am gonna be out of soon and I don't know what I'm gonna do then. Um <laughs> maybe I'll finish that that half I don't know. Um I'll have something. I have lots of beer downstairs. Um today I am gonna talk about the barefoot bandit. Oh man. Somewhat lighthearted, but also kind of not because once I started really researching this, I just felt so horrifically bad for this guy. And anyway, well, <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll get in there. <laughs> <laughs> I am ready. So if you are in the Pacific West, you may have heard about this, but if you are not, um, the Barefoot Bandit gained fame around 2007 to 2010. Um, he was a teenager that was <laughs> able to somehow steal cars, boats, and planes and be a fugitive on the run. Um So I will tell you a little bit about him. Uh, Colton Harris Moore was born March 22nd, 1991. Just a wee guy. Um, (laughs) To his parents, Gordon Moore and Pamela Harris. So there's his hyphenated last name, Harris Moore. Um, His mom (laughs) later remarried and is now, well, at least at the time of all the fame, Uh, Her last name was Kohler. Poor Colton, though, was born into a pretty messed up family. His dad was a pretty big drug user and an alcoholic um, and was in jail by the time that Colton was a toddler. So unfortunately, Colton did not have um, his dad and his family really or his dad in his life very much um, growing up. And uh, his mom was not much better. She was a pretty bad alcoholic and was often, when drunk, very mean and physically abusive. Colton later told a court-ordered therapist that she'd even break his toys and be violent when she was drunk. So, just sad. Um, 
That's yeah. really sad. I'm By sure. the time he was seven, which is just unfathomable for me. Mm-hmm. My child is six. I can't even imagine one more year. Um, he had started getting into trouble. Um, and then by the time he was 10, he had started his juvenile record. Um, yeah. And then by the time he was 12, he was accused of breaking into a Stanwood, Washington business setting fire to Stanwood Middle School <laughs> and um, fire. fire. So he's an arsonist? Yeah. Jesus. At that point, he um, was caught and pleaded guilty to possession of stolen property. Um, but as a minor, he um, he went into the juvenile detention center and uh, roughly three years later, in 2006, he was due to be in court at the Denny Juvenile Justice Center, um, but ran away. <laughs> he later admitted to authorities that he was afraid of going to jail again, and so he just ran away. Um, soon, he was breaking into homes on Camino Island. That's where his mom lived at the time. Um so through all the stories I read and all the news articles and everything, I really got the impression that he just kind of used his mom as sort of a jumping point. He pretty much just did not live at home. There were a lot of reports about how he, for the most part, lived in the wild. And oh. if you know anything about the Puget Sound and the San Juan Islands and everything, they're there's a lot of woods and um, a lot of wild wooded areas. And so he would just kind of live in the wild, but then occasionally come back to his mom's house and then go back out. And I mean, understandably so if she was a mean drunk. And so anyway, Mm -hmm. often he'd use people's he'd uh, like I said, he was breaking into homes and everything um, on Camino Island and often he'd use people's home computers to surf internet and use <laughs> use them to teach himself how to be a better criminal. Um, things like drive a boat, break into cars, um, start learning about planes because he was a self-professed um, aeronautics obsessed guy. Um So after about six burglaries, the Island County Sheriff's Department was over it and started posting wanted signs uh, of Colton Harris Moore. Um, That was in about January 2007. I'm going to keep kind of a bit of a timeline so you can kind of get a gauge of as he got older from 12 until he was caught at 19 just how things happened like how rapidly yeah, it escalated and just kind of how his life went and how he progressed anyway so january 2007 wanted signs started being posted in island counties 
So it's still, like I said, if you don't know the area, it's pretty small, small, small towns out in the island counties. So this was actually picked up by the news that wanted posters were being posted of this. And he ended up being arrested because a neighbor saw lights on in an empty vacation home and called it in. So the police came to arrest him, but knowing that he was a bit smarter than the average kid, they used multiple flashlights that they set up around the perimeter and made it look like there was like a full on task force swarming in to get him. And so he surrendered when it was really just like two or three cop cars (laughs) coming to get him. So he surrendered, and then he was sentenced, sentenced to three years in, in juvenile hall. So then he actually reportedly performed really well in the juvenile reform school, and so well that they moved him to a much less secure group home in Renton, just outside of Seattle, for those that aren't in the area. Um, he used that one night (laughs) as a chance to escape. So one night after lights out in April of 2008, he just kind of laid out of there and ran, ran and ran and ran, made it all the freaking way (laughs) back to Camino Island. Not a small feat when you're on the run (laughs) from Renton to Camino Island. That's several hours and multiple forms of transportation not easy and um soon i just totally got a mental image (laughs) of like mr magoo like jumping on the train and getting on a car and like cruising but a teenager (laughs) oh magoo a tall a teenager you've done it again (laughs) um (laughs) sorry i just started getting like mental images (laughs) Um, once he got back to Camino Island, he continued breaking into houses. At one point, he stole a car and crashed it behind a store on Camino. Um, and because he crashed the car, he ran and apparently ran so quickly that he left behind a backpack and a digital camera that was inside that backpack. And that's how police got all of these selfies basically that he had taken of him in the woods and in all these places and when he really started getting the moniker the barefoot bandit because he was always seen mm-hmm. for the most part barefoot and um, all of these photos of him that were taken from that camera started surfacing on the media Oh, thank you. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you trials continue. <laughs> ah, um so that's when things really picked up for his fugitive career and in the media. By September of 2009, he was famous and he'd stolen two planes, several cars. 
plus several other burglaries. Um, plus, he'd committed several other burglaries um, and was believed to be on his way at that moment to Canada with a stolen boat. <laughs> um, he allegedly got to Canada and after a time snuck back across the U.S. border and through Idaho and stole another plane. Mind you, this chick, this dude is still a freaking teenager. He stole a plane, taught himself how to freaking fly a plane. He did not teach himself how to land the plane. Um, but anyway, he crept across the border through Idaho, stole another plane, and flew it back to Washington, crashing it into Snohomish County um, around the, I want to say, Grant's, Grant Falls area, something like that. Um, and by October 1st, a logger found his plane wreckage and close by a camp that Colton was suspected of setting up, um, but not him. So that's October 1st of 2009 by... That following February, he'd broken into a market, like a little kind of deli mini market place. Like a small town kind of market? Yeah, where they have like deli sandwiches and things. Kind of like our super deli mart by me. Kind of, yeah, yeah. That's kind of a reference for West Seattleite. Sorry. Um, He... Yeah, no it's a cool spot. Check it um, out. He vandalized the place, uh, causing several thousand dollars in damage. Um, ate some meals, packed up some food for himself. But this is the point where he really, really got uber famous, like across the nation. Um, he had taken some chalk on chalk prints, like. Uh, barefoot footprints and wrote Sia C-Y-A and it was kind of his way of taunting the police and everyone looking for him and just sort of signing his own little moniker of I'm the barefoot bandit I'm out of here peace Um, (laughs) so by December of 2009 He stole another plane and flew it to the Bahamas. At this point, yeah, yeah. So I remember this really well because I remember my birthday is around December, well, in December, but I remember watching it and being a little bit fascinated and like, get away, go, go, go. But also like, that's son of a bitch like but also like like, angry old lady mixed with like also kind of a situation yeah there yeah by this time there was a facebook group set up by some other random person that was um called run colton run yeah yeah (laughs) i remember there were a lot of people i remember saying something about it you're your growing up situation was really shitty and we feel bad for you and we 
don't totally blame you, but also it sucks that you're breaking into people's small businesses. Anyway, so flew another plane that he stole to the Bahamas. Now that he has gone across many borders, uh, many country borders and everything, he the FBI had to get involved and they were offering a $10,000 reward. Um, he lived down there until some people say like, there's a few conflicting reports. One says July 4th. Another says July 11th. Um, I'm just going to go with July 11th of 2010 is when he was finally arrested. He was 19 years old by this point. Um, police, had to shoot out the engine of a boat he had stolen and was using to yeah to to make his getaway uh, um and then once they finally nabbed him they extradited him to miami and then roughly seven to t- seven to ten days later sent him to a federal detention center in SeaTac, washington um on december 16th 2011, he was sentenced to seven years for dozens of consolidated crimes in three different counties. And then in a federal court was charged in 2012 for related crimes and was sentenced to consecutive six and a half years. So um, he served a lot of time, but also not really considering all the shit he pulled off. I mean, yeah, he, I was he didn't say not that much. Physically hurt people. He was just always on the run. He, yeah, and that was one of the reasons yeah. I thought he was cool. Because I was like, all right, you're not great, but I was like, I sort of admire you because you feel so free. You can do whatever. Yeah, the fuck you want, and he taught himself how to. Anybody. He taught himself how to drive. He taught himself how to. Um, pilot a boat. He taught himself how to pilot a plane. He, I mean, there is something to be said for all of that. Just, I'm definitely yeah, not yeah, in support yeah. of breaking all the laws for sure. But I was a yeah. little bit like fascinated that a young person yeah. could muster all of that. I was like, dang, yeah. look at you. So though, while in jail, he started a but... blog. Um, he got out of jail September 28th of 2016 um, but was on parole he had a parole of like three or more years Um, at some point in I believe it was like April of 2016 he was trying to get or no April of 2019 I apologize Um, he was trying to get his supervised parole to be um like done early i think he only had i want to say it was like five or six months left and he was trying to get the um the judge to just be like okay you've had enough um because he wanted to go on a influencer slash speaking tour so that he could make money to pay back all of the debt he accrued during these many years of being on the run because he still is on the hook for paying all these freaking people back all these businesses all these i mean 
planes and boats are really freaking expensive and he's going to have to somehow pay back all this shit. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But the judge was like, nah. Dang, that sucks. <laughs> Do your five months of parole. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, yeah. The only thing I will say that made me really just lose a little bit of faith in the guy was he was overtly promoting President Trump in the last election. I know. No. I know. I know. All right. You know what? I was like, yeah, go dude for so many years. Then I read that and I'm like, oh, well. Well, well he is All right. pretty must in the head. But that's the story of a teenager that went on the run. Do you? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know this or not, but I heard a rumor at one point that oh, he was God, working in West Seattle. <laughs> Probably. I, I mean, I think it was short-lived. We have but, many weird, um, bizarre, true crime kind of situation people in West Seattle. We also have a weird thing in West Seattle where quite a few uh-huh. people that are, are either yeah. famous or related yeah. to famous people live in West Seattle. <laughs> and a lot of people uh-huh. don't realize that because it's such a low-key neighborhood. Yep. But it's true. Very true. Yeah. Wow, heavy. So that was our longest episode yet. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm fine with. I know. More beer, more time. I need to go grab another beer. <laughs> um i had a shower thought though that i wanted to share and at one point while you were talking i was like oh my god i'm so glad you said that and the reason being um where did i write this down find my notes okay um you said wet your whistle you needed to wet your whistle as she's about to (laughs) every chance i get um (laughs) you know where it comes from oh my gosh this is one of my favorite actually no facts um and i even looked it up just to make sure it is um way 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 back in the day when there were still beer wenches and i'm there still are courtney it was pc to call them (laughs) that (laughs) yeah She'll put you okay, in your face. Yeah, don't call me that. And I'll film it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or I'll at least yell, punch him in the face. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> when pubs were public houses and, you know, early 1800s shit. Mm-hmm. So beer steins would have a whistle baked into the handle. And so when you would get low Whoa. and need to have your beer refilled you would blow on it and then the beer wench would come around and making all these hand motions as if people could see me <laughs> i know i i love it i know i kind of wish we could just record our we should, entire we session. could do it we should do that at one yeah. point guys one of these days i promise we will record an entire recording session what we end up posting and what we don't just so you can yes. see how fucking ridiculous we are <laughs> Maybe that'll be on like our little gets very silly. insiders club, whatever we end up calling that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whatever. so the 
the beer wench would come over, pour beer, more beer into that stein, and wet the whistle. Isn't that awesome? That makes perfect it. sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I never knew that. I'm really glad you know that now. Because I, I say that I too know, a lot. I'm like, oh, I gotta wet. wet my whistle. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wet it. No. There's no wetting a whistle. You gotta wet it. <laughs> <laughs> Not too much or it gets really wet. Yeah. <laughs> just, a, just enough. All right. Well, I think we should close out our tabs. All right. Have you, uh, speaking of closing our tabs, um, we like to take this time to talk about so heavy things that are not, <laughs> uh, are the true crime stories that we often tell. Um, what are some fun, lighthearted mm. things you've been up to? I mean, your whole family, we're still, yeah. again, still in quarantine. So have you guys, we been actually have anything fun or, um, uplifting. Cool. Tell me more. Thank you. Also, um, continue. You're welcome. The Hugs downloaded <laughs> a dance game. I I think it's just oh. dance, but I'm not sure. I keep calling it Dance Dance Revolution because I think that's funny. Um, but I know it's not that. Anyway, it's one of those dance games yeah. where <laughs> you hold a controller or something. Some Like the technology days we live in where we can download the app on the phone and our phone is the the little controller and you have to dance along with the people in order to get points and all three of us do the game of course Layla thinks she's we always like oh number the number two person that that got it that's you you did better than us um but it's been hilarious especially yesterday I was cooking dinner and I look over into the living room and they're both doing it and it's it's just when you can't see the screen and you see the people doing the dances along with it it is the most hilarious Reading, yeah and I am so glad there is not a constant <laughs> streaming video in my house when all three of us do it together because it has got to be the most hilarious thing <laughs> Should we call it instead of Dance Dance Revolution? Will we get sued if I we like call it that. Dance Probably Dance not. Apocalypse? Probably less sued than if I constantly call it the other thing. <laughs> so I I don't I actually don't know. I think I've said this mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. The apocalypse is growing. Oh yeah, I can't remember how many days we've been in quarantine it. at this point. But I really don't. I. I actually don't know because at all. I have no idea. I just am you, like, don't know. Well, I've been on um, quarantine for probably four or five days more than you have because, yeah. You were almost a full week longer than me because right. my boss was you guys were to able to do to go stuff. And then it was like, hey, yeah. we can't keep doing this. Yeah. I mean, it was more for ethical reasons. Like, we, we could have still been doing it, but we weren't technically yeah. not an essential business agreed i think beer is essential but the rest of the world does not agree which is fine i totally get it but we did not remain open for that reason but and now i'm just writing horrible (laughs) fucking stories for you people to listen to so So anyway what's your happy Um, little thought (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, okay. So there's a couple, but first kind of playing off of what you just said, I think I already said this previously, but I recently decided to hook up my Wii Fit again, which has, A, been motivational for Mm -hmm. me to be more active throughout the day. But secondly, um, Wii Sports Mm -hmm. is part of that. So I was able to do like Wii bowling, Wii golf, Wii whatever. And so that's been our like at home funny thing is (laughs) me getting really upset because I'm like, Oh, I missed it. I'm like, it's not even real. Why are you so It's mad? easier like, to direct your anger at the world <laughs> to bowling. <laughs> it is. Yes. Which I do for reals want to go bowling. I do love bowling. I know I'm like a weird goth kid, but Let's I kind of want to make everybody I know bowling. bowling. Love bowling. I'm not good at it. Seattle bowling trip. Let's do it. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Uh, but secondly, all this quote unquote free time, although it's mostly been, again, me like reading yeah. and researching and watching videos and blah, 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 about shit we're going to talk about. Um, but it's oh. also, I was a baker for a long time before this yeah. and I, we were kind of chatting about this, but I really like, I, I genuinely enjoy making my own yeah. condiments and fit, you know, butter, whatever, you name it. I really bread, whatever. But I recently was watching a post-apocalyptic yeah. movie because that's been the way I've been dealing with life. And they were making soap. Oh, I was yeah, like, dang, I, I haven't made soap since I was like in high school. And so I think I'm going to just start making my own soap, which mm-hmm. A, seems like a fun pastime. But I also was like, oh, it's yeah. also probably going to save me a shit ton of money. And it will smell exactly yeah, how I, I want too. it because I'm weird about scents. Mm. I'm real weird about scents. So I was like, oh, I can do my yes. own thing and maybe sell stuff too. But it's been a, a fun, like inspirational tinker in the kitchen That's type fun. of time for me. Yeah, I think a lot of people are tapping yeah. into their creative sides right now. Dude, they fucking are because I goddamn keep going to the grocery yeah. store and there's no butter and no cinnamon and no fucking flour. And I'm like, you guys, what are you going to eat all the sugar and flour and butter and then shit but yourself also, you and really use all the toilet paper? Knock it off. their no carb rules <laughs> out the window for finally. Yes. <laughs> Yay. <for sure. laughs> Although one sad thing I've observed, the last especially the first week mm, when it was yeah. like, nobody can leave their places, blah, 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 in Seattle. I went to the grocery store to get a mm-hmm. few like staples and I almost took a picture. I kind of wish I would have now. The entire bread aisle was completely <laughs> empty except for gluten-free bread. And then I was like, okay, that's uh-huh. fine. So I go and go to the pasta aisle because I normally mm, make yeah. my own pasta, which I'm going to do now because I couldn't find any pasta that was legit. But I walked onto mm-hmm. the pasta aisle and there was literally yeah. no pasta except for <laughs> gluten-free pasta. <laughs> and I was like, it's not that bad. Like I've had gluten-free pasta. It's not terrible. Actually, again, I'm not, we're not okay, getting paid yeah. for this. Trader Joe's, their yeah, fresh yeah. gluten-free yeah, pasta. It's like the fettuccine style pasta. Yeah. It's so fucking delicious. Like I would never if somebody served that to but me the key and told is me it's it was gluten free, I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah. yeah. Totally. 
But the weird dry pasta, I kind of get it, but I also don't mind yeah. that much. But I like pasta, like legit pasta. I could have many conversations and about ravioli pasta, and, but I know. won't. I won't bore people with that. <laughs> My other half is Italian, and I'm very fucking particular. I mean, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, I'll just yeah. <laughs> but I was yes. very amused. anyway. Long story very short. The grocery store aisles, the things that people are choosing to right. purchase versus the things that are being it abandoned is, is very funny. Maybe I'll just start taking pictures. I wonder if I still have the picture of the day that I came funny. in to see you the last day that bars were open. I took a picture of the bread aisle and it was no bread except for the Wonder Bread. I was like, this, I've never seen a more yeah, Seattle picture is... than this. <laughs> I used to yeah. eat Wonder Bread as a little kid, and it was my preferred, yeah. but I was also, like, five or six or whatever. I now, as an adult, I'm, like, I don't know how you, your opinion yeah. of things, sourdough or, like, really, really, like, oh. I love that fucking With Ezekiel bread. Crunchy like, Really yeah. grainy, seedy, yeah. like, I'm one of those like that texture will put chips yeah, in my sandwich that. so that I can have an extra crunch. <laughs> yeah this is like uh what is that movie called breakfast club are you I mean, also I probably could. do you also put your lipstick on with your cleavage <laughs> Shut up. what are you eating sushi <laughs> what's that uh raw fish rice and seaweed that's disgusting <laughs> quoting the movie now sorry <laughs> Well, with that, I think this episode <laughs> is tapped. <laughs> Until next time. I agree. For more information, we can be found on Instagram at Seattle underscore on underscore tap. Email at Seattle on tap at gmail.com or our website, Seattle on tap.com. You can also like us on Facebook. And all of the Seattle on tap original music is provided by Bubble Bathism, courtesy of the Subterranot Recording Collective. Mm-hmm.